Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I appreciate all of you hanging out with me as we roll through the new Outkick the Show program. Audio guy, by the way, right off the top, audio guy has never been happier with me. We've got a brand new mic here. I heard from a lot of you out there saying, hey, the audio issues on the show are making it more difficult to listen. I listened to you, and we now have a phenomenal audio uh, version of this show. Uh, By the way, you can watch this on YouTube. I love all of you out there on YouTube watching and responding to this show and the clips that we put up on a day-to-day basis. Also appreciate so many of you out there on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere where these uh, clips are being shared. Even some of you are clipping and sharing some of this on TikTok. I'm too old of a guy, I think, to be on TikTok. Maybe I need to get on TikTok uh, because a lot of the clips that, uh, that we're sharing, Instagram, whatnot, are doing uh, fantastically well. Um, so right off the top here, uh, thank you for all of your support. I want to say this too. I don't know where exactly you're listening or watching, but we're number one right now with Clay and Buck in 11 different cities in America. This is kind of significant back in the day Uh, I had, uh, as a part of the 3HL crew with Brent Doherty and Blaine Bishop, we had the highest rated sports talk show in the nation when I was on 3HL. Some of you have been watching and listening to me since I was doing local Nashville radio. And it's an amazing feeling to be number one in your market when you're doing radio like I was doing at that time. We're number one right now in 11 different cities. So Sacramento, San Diego... Las Vegas, Phoenix, um, Houston, let me see if I can get them all, Memphis, Birmingham, Louisville, Raleigh, Milwaukee, and uh, one more that I am uh, that I am forgetting. I apologize for whatever city that I am forgetting. We're number one in all those places. Salt Lake City. That is 11 different cities that I just hit you with all across the nation. We're the number one radio show in those markets. Thank you. We want to continue to add on more of, uh, of those markets. All right, let's start here. Um, mask mandate has been ex- extended for 15 days. 15-day extension for the mask mandate on airport, uh, airplanes, pla- uh, trains, airports, everything. Totally nonsensical. It makes zero logical sense for this to be continued. And just to bring home how little the Biden administration makes sense here, we have got Title 42 being repealed at the southern border because the CDC says COVID is no longer a major threat there. Simultaneously, simultaneously we are saying, hey, COVID is still such a, th- such a threat on airplanes that we are extending the the mask mandate on airplanes and trains and all federal transportation. Let me just say this. Some of you out there, you don't care. So why do you focus so much on masks? They are an important symbol of the lack of normalcy that exists in this country. And I'm not saying, by the way, that you can't wear a mask if you are so anxiety-ridden and so allergic to basic facts and data and science that you think masks matter. You can wear a mask for the rest of your life, as unfortunately, I think many people are likely to do. But the idea that the only place in the city of Nashville where I live, in the state of Tennessee where I live, that I have to wear a mask is on an airplane or at an airport 
is totally illogical. It makes zero sense. And I'm going to continue to fight it with every fiber of my being. It's why there needs to be a mass reckoning in November to vote against Democrats for their failed COVID policies and the lies that they have continued, continued to propagate. This must happen. Uh, I want to give, before I dive into anything else, I want to give real props to the New York Police Department who has gotten the shooter in the subway and also to the gentleman who helped to call Crime Stoppers or whatever he called to get the New York police there. The subway shooter is off the streets. This just happened in the last hour. Uh, they are having press conferences right now. He was arrested in, uh, in Manhattan. He was still in New York City some 30 hours after the shooting. I tweeted out a couple of videos. In general, I try to avoid sharing the names of mass shooters because I believe that actually makes uh, uh, mass shootings more likely. Because people say, why do you do that, Clay? Uh, And the answer is because the data reflects that many mass shooters are doing it to try to become famous. As crazy and outlandish and indefensible as that is, a lot of people are making the choice to partially become mass shooters because of the amount of attention they get from the media. So I try not to share names very often, and I try not to share videos or anything else. But in this scenario, this guy was still at large. And so he was still a threat to so many different people based on the subway shooting that he had engaged in that I felt like sharing information about him made sense. And I did a deep dive this morning into this alleged suspect in the shooting who now has been arrested by New York police. And what is wild here is he is an incredible, incredibly detailed racist. Uh, And I posted a couple of different videos. One where he was angry that Ketanji Brown Jackson, the newest Supreme Court justice, had a white husband. Another one of him just walking on the street screaming racial slurs at people. And so... I've been arguing this for years. I'll continue to argue it for years. We have many racists in America. But guess what? They aren't all white. There are white racists. There are black racists. There are Hispanic racists. There are Asian racists. Whatever ethnic group you are a member of, whatever identity group you are a member of, they're racists. That is the reality. Imagine how much different our national conversation would be if we condemned racism, not just when it's white people and they're easy targets, but racism of all types, whether it's white, black, Asian, or Hispanic generated. This guy is a black racist. Evidence clearly that he is a black racist. Now, it remains to be seen what exactly he was attempting to do in his shooting, but It was clearly a terror-related attack on that subway. And what I would point out to you is this. There are a bunch of black racists who have been accused of crimes recently, and many of those, because they're not white guys perpetrating racial attacks, vanish in the media. I just want to remind you of a few of them. Remember the mayor in Louisville, the Jewish mayor? A BLM activist attempted to assassinate him and then was allowed out on bail after BLM in Louisville paid for his bail. That story basically disappeared. 
an attempted assassination by a black man of a Jewish mayoral candidate in Louisville and he gets out on bail almost immediately and it's paid for by Black Lives Matter and the story essentially vanishes, okay? How about Waukesha? Up there, we had what appears to be a racially motivated attack where a black man driving an SUV mowed down a series of white people at a Christmas parade. Story almost vanishes. Uh, Subway shooter. We'll see how much attention this gets. Seems to be a racially uh, motivated, at least in some way, shooting. Certainly the shooter is a racist based on the videos that he's posted. Uh, The Capitol Police attack that led to a death of a Capitol policeman was perpetrated by a black racist. All right? Imagine how much different all of those stories are covered if a white guy is guilty of those crimes. And I'm not saying this to try to to, to toss uh, any sort of race as responsible exclusively, but I just want everybody watching and listening this to think about how much better national discourse in America would be if we just adopted the premise, which is 100% true, that black, white, Asian, and Hispanic people should all be ra- can all be racist, and we should treat all racism the same regardless of where it comes from. Because I think you would get a lot more white people engaged in a conversation surrounding race if it wasn't always predicated on the idea that white people are responsible for all racism in this country, which is clearly not true. Uh, And I want you to pay attention to how this story is covered compared to how other stories have been covered and how quickly they vanish uh, in nature. Hey, Clay Travis here. We'll be right back. But first, here's a word. I want to give a credit here uh, to Tony Dungy. Uh, Tony Dungy is brave. He is honest. He is willing to speak out uh, in the face of a great deal of negativity. Um, and I want to uh, pop this in for you, and, uh, and I want you to consider this for a moment. We talked about Tony Dungy speaking out, uh, as he did, to his credit, on an incredible uh, initiative that is taking place in Florida right now, $70 million to support fatherhood. $70 million to support fatherhood. And Tony Dungy tweeted this morning that he is being attacked for what he said to support fatherhood in the state of Florida. He said, two days ago, I spoke on behalf of a Florida bill that supports dads and families, and it offended some people. 14 years ago, President Obama said the same things almost verbatim. I'm assuming people were outraged at him too. I'm reading from Tony Dungy. I am serving the Lord, so I'll keep supporting dads and families. And he cited this quote from Barack Obama, President of the United States at the time. We know the statistics. Children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of schools, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They are more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves. And the foundations of our community are weaker because of it. We need more dads We need better dads. We need people, and I'm a dad of three, far from a perfect dad, trust me. We need more dads engaged on a direct level in raising the children that they help create. That is not a partisan issue. 
It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's not an independent issue. It's a sane issue. More dads leads to better outcomes. And if you are paying attention at all to what the outcome is when men are written out of families and when boys struggle, the data reflects that in single-parent homes, boys struggle much more than girls do. I don't know why that is. I don't know that the data has proven why that is. But boys without fathers in the home struggle much more than girls do. Now, a two-parent household is by far preferred. And by the way, if you're watching this right now or listening to it, and you are a single parent, doesn't mean in any way that your kids are not going to grow up and be highly successful and highly productive members of society. Not trying to attack you. Being a single parent is an incredibly difficult job. More power to you for taking on the responsibility of two. I'm just saying that the data reflects that two parents in a household are going to lead to more successful outcomes over time than one-parent households are. And so if we know that to be true, which we do, and if we know that young boys overwhelmingly struggle without fathers in the household, why do we not spend more time on fatherhood? I just, it fascinates me to no end how much time we spend on issues that are debatable and how little time we spend on issues that shouldn't be political at all. I've been preaching this for years, but I'm going to reiterate it here because some of you may be young, some of you may be new viewers, you haven't heard or or seen me say this before. If you graduate from high school, if you get married, and if you don't have a child until you are 25 years old, whether you are white, black, Asian, or Hispanic, the chances that you are going to be poor in America are virtually zero. Doesn't matter where you start. This is significant. Doesn't matter if your parents were poor. Doesn't matter if you're a single family household. Doesn't matter if you were so poor you didn't even have uh, two, uh, two nickels to rub together. Okay? Graduate high school. Get married. Wait until you're 25, year old to, 25 years old to have a child. Your chances of poverty are virtually zero. Now, I can't guarantee you're going to be rich. But I can guarantee you, if you do those three things, you're not going to be poor. And a lot of boys out there are failing to do those three things. Boys in particular. You know right now in college, 60% of all college graduates are women. Boys overwhelmingly are failing out of schools compared to girls. There is a real crisis, and probably it's been made worse by COVID, when it comes to the education of boys in this country. And poorly educated boys grow up by and large to also further propagate issues because they don't tend to end up being great fathers either. And so this is a self-fulfilling prophecy that occurs time after time, generation after generation. We've got to fight back against it. I give props, major props, to Tony Dungy for being willing to have this conversation. Uh, Derek Carr just got a $121.5 million salary. Obviously, he's throwing to Devontae Adams now in Las Vegas. He has got a four-year uh, contract extension, which is a major, major, uh, major, major deal in terms of commitment from the Las Vegas Raiders to Derek Carr. And as part of this, there now is, uh, if you go look, um, our my, my guy Warren uh, Sharp has 
the data up right now for the most expensive quarterback rooms next year in the NFL. Next year, meaning this year uh, in 2022. Do you know who the most expensive quarterback is in the NFL in the 2022 season, according to salary cap purposes? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my Tennessee Titans are paying Ryan Tannehill $40.5 million in 2022. Uh, And up next, Kansas City Chiefs. The Titans are paying Ryan Tannehill more money in 2022 than the Kansas City Chiefs are paying Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, $39.9 million. Uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, $36.7 million right now. That's kind of crazy, right? He's third on this list, the most expensive quarterbacks, followed by Jared Goff, who is making $35.1 million from the Detroit Lions. By the way, least expensive. Least expensive quarterbacks. Uh, Here are the bottom five. Uh, you've got Drew Locke, who is only going to uh, to, to make $2.3 million. Kyle Allen uh, with the Houston Texans, $4.7 million. Uh, the Eagles are paying $5 million. Uh, Gardner Minshew is the high. So these are, sorry, that's the high. These are the high cost. The Atlanta Falcons are only paying $5.1 million. Marcus Mariota, presumed starter right there. Mac Jones, $6.4 million. And Mason Rudolph with the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, seven point seven million. Those are total quarterback room costs. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, forty point five million dollars for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, this is uh, this is pretty wild to think about um, as you uh, a- as you break that down. Man, it's crazy. And by the way, do we really think that Ryan Tannehill is infinitely better than Marcus Mariota? down in Atlanta. I don't, personally. I don't think there's a massive difference between those two guys, but that is uh, the latest data there. I want to call out Hollywood. You know how everybody's been lying to you and talking about how Florida, the parental rights and education bill, everybody tried to label it on the left wing, the blue checkmark brigade. They tried to label it the don't say gay bill, and they came out at the Oscars and they said, we're going to say gay. Remember when Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes and Regina Kelly, I think, were the hosts of the Oscars. They came out and they danced around and they said gay and everybody clapped in Hollywood. Have you paid attention to what's going on with Hollywood's relationship with China? They claim that they are fired up and furious about what exactly is going on when it comes to the Florida education bill. But what I want you to consider here which I think is pretty significant, uh, is what is Hollywood actually doing when it comes to China, in particular to the latest Harry Potter bill? So the uh, film. The latest Harry Potter film is called Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. And Warner Brothers, uh, which is under the same umbrella, same parent company as CNN, edited out all LGBTQ dialogue in the newest Harry Potter film. Uh, This is according to Variety. China requested the studio delete the scenes that allude to a romantic past between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. By the way, I'm a Harry Potter nerd. I've read all the Harry Potter books. I've seen all the Harry Potter books. 
I'm soon going to have my kids back in Harry Potter land in uh, Universal Studios at the end of this month. Uh, But Harry Potter's creator, J.K. Rowling, uh, said that Dumbledore was gay. And uh, a lot of people didn't know that. I don't know why it was significant. But uh, they have now said, China did, we are not going to allow those scenes to exist in the movie. And this uh, this is pretty wild. Hollywood, at the Oscars, ripped Florida for a made-up bill that they said included the phrase, don't say gay, which it doesn't. That was unacceptable to Hollywood. But when China wags its finger and says, you have to edit your film and remove all references to any gay person at all in this film, China does it. I mean, you want to talk about unbelievable hypocrisy out of Hollywood. They're furious at Ron DeSantis in Florida for t- for passing a bill which in kindergarten, first, second, and third grade says young kids shouldn't be instructed on sex in public schools. They brand that the don't say gay bill. They attack it on air at the Oscars. But then in order to get the latest Harry Potter film released in China, China says erase all of this or else your film isn't going to play. Don't say gay in China, Hollywood, Warner Brothers, same company as CNN, and what do they do? They erase all references to gay in the film in order to make China happy. Wowza. Wowza. You want to talk about hypocrisy on the next level? I bet you will not see that covered by CNN. Uh, Finally, I just saw this. Uh, come across the proverbial uh, wire here. Um, Quinnipiac, uh, which does a regular poll, Quinnipiac, they have a, uh, a data here on Joe Biden. Joe Biden's approval rating, according to this latest Quinnipiac poll, has hit 33%, a new all-time low for any poll in America. 54% disapproval. 13% of people don't have an opinion. Biden's 33% job approval is the lowest. Sorry, I apologize. He also got a 33% approval on January 12th. Democrats approve of Joe Biden 76 to 12. He has only a 26% approval rating among independents and 3% 3% of Republicans approve. So this is, uh, this is pretty wild. Um, unbelievable, incredibly low approval ratings for Joe Biden as we move closer and closer, a little bit over six months until the midterms, and Democrats are staring down a red wave of epic proportions, which is going to sweep over all of them. Uh, I appreciate all of you, by the way, and I want to mention this. Sorry, I meant to mention this about the uh, black racist subway shooter who was uh, arrested just over an hour ago. He had been arrested 12 times prior to this mass shooting. Nine times in New York, three times in New Jersey. 12 prior arrests from the guy who tried to kill, it appears, as many people as possible by opening fire on the New York City subway. If you listen to the Clay and Buck show, 
you know that I regularly say focus on low crime is a luxury. Focus uh, on uh, how long people spend in jail and their arrest is a luxury of a low crime environment. We don't live in a low crime society anymore. Crime is surging and the people who are committing crimes most often have been arrested before. 12 different prior arrests, nine in New York, three in New Jersey. It is completely unacceptable uh, that we are allowing people arrested this many times back out on the streets to continue to perpetrate violent behavior. Thanks, New York Police Department, for getting that arrest. We had a great guest uh, grouping today on the Clay and Buck Show. Miranda Devine, Mike Pence, and Carol Markowitz encourage all of you uh, to go listen to that Uh can break it down by the hour and help us set another all-time high in April for podcast listens. This has been Outkick the Show. I hope you will enjoy my melodic and dulcet tones uh, now that my voice is coming through perfectly. I encourage all of you uh, to, uh, to go subscribe, give us five stars, and give us a funny review, and my guy Dub will review all of those. This has been Outkick the Show.